Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Here's the word of the Lord. Here's what I'm gonna share with you what my assignment tonight. It's, it's a little bit different, but you're gonna make room for it. Because we're, we're living in these kind of times. Man, we've, I've never in all my years have I ever seen, I just came back from South Africa, literally, so I'm jet lagged. And then I'm en route to Korea tomorrow. And so if I take a nap in the middle of the sermon, wake me up. But I've never seen the, the amount of, like the, you know, the, the, the spiritual level, the intensity of the warfare, everything, I mean, you know, the, like the devil released all the Kraken simultaneously. And there's a reason for this. And l- let me biblically contextualize it. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings 19, 2. This is, this is crazy. This is crazy. This is after hashtag best season ever. The prophet Elijah's having, what a time. I mean, the man prays for a drought, drought. He gets together, prays for fire, fire. He prays for rain, rain. He runs against a chariot wearing Adidas. I mean, wearing whatever he was wearing. The guy, the king in the chariot, a Maserati, and the guy runs, the prophet, the prophet gets there first. Hashtag best week ever. And then this happens. Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you as you killed them. I call it Jezebel's tweet. proclamation. She issued a declaration. In today's culture, it would be done via the conduit of a tweet. And in 24 hours, you will die. She prophylied. She even put a, tam- a, a time stamp on it in 24 hours. By this time tomorrow, I swear by my gods, you will be dead. Except what she never fully understood is that She was speaking to a man with a mantle. So I want to speak to you briefly on the subject matter, the threat versus the testimony. When heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. I want you to tell your neighbor before you're seated, when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Tell your other neighbor, the one you barely tolerate, when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. Hell cannot stop it. You may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated, you may be seated. What a declaration. What a declaration. Her husband Ahab, the king of Israel, comes back and tells, relays the entire story. Hey, Jezebel, listen, your team, your your de facto, your de facto praise and worship team, your team no longer exists. The life insurance policies kicked in simultaneously, which means they're gone. 
This is the prophet. Right now, we find ourselves in a similar state. We, we find ourselves under more threats than ever before. There are so many Jezebel, Ahab, and Baal spirits threatening our family, our homes, our marriages, our ministries, our callings, our faith. And boy, are they ever coming after our children and our children's children. There is an assault from the pit of hell. What we need to do is activate the mantle. The mantle that you and I have is not a piece of cloth. It is an anointing. That anointing is not a drop of oil. 1 John 2.27, 2.27, the anointing is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. The most powerful people on the planet are not the people with fame and fortune and followers. The most powerful people on the planet are people anointed with the Spirit of Almighty God. We have a mantle. Repeat after me, I have a mantle. I am convinced and convicted that 1 Kings 18 and 19 speaks to this very hour. I believe that spiritually speaking, we are living in the days just like the days of Ahab, Jezebel, and Baal. Same days. We cannot define, listen, here's the story. We can't deny the following. Ahab, Ahab, to put it in context, if you're not privy to the story, Ahab was a mucho malo hombre. He, that's, that's how he's described in California. Uh, and the spirit of Ahab is alive and well, robbing love, killing joy, destroying peace. Ahab represents forces with access and authority, attempting to prompt us to sacrifice truth on the altar of political expediency. In 1 Kings 16, 34, Ahab, a bad king, Ahab was the first king to give permission for the rebuilding of the walls of Jericho. No one ever had the audacity to ever do that before. Who would dare to be, but he did. Ahab said, I'm going to rebuild what God knocked down. I give permission for you to rebuild it. There is an attempt in America to reconstruct and rebuild walls that God already knocked down. Walls of separation between groups, be it ethnicity, social economic backgrounds. There is an attempt to rebuild what God has already knocked down. The spirit of Ahab is alive and well. Ahab was married to a woman, her name was Jezebel, and she was nasty on steroids. Que el Señor la reprenda diabla amar a esa mujer. Let me translate that in English. Que el Señor la reprenda diabla amar a esa mujer. The spirit of Jezebel, no joke, is alive and well. Persecuting, prosecuting, and attempting to silence the children of the cross. Jezebel represents the manipulative, sexually coercive, perverse, corrupt cultural spirit with full intentionality to kill the prophetic voices. If you are prophetic, Jezebel will come after you. To silence truth and construct Asherah poles in order to marginalize the oracles of righteousness and justice. A spirit that exploits the moment when we are exhausted. And if you think that's Old Testament, you're wrong. Revelation 2.20. Even good Christians, we are warned in Revelation that even good Christians are susceptible. This one thing I have against you, read it. You guys are great with your outreach, great with your missions, but this one thing I have against you, you have tolerated the spirit of Jezebel. Oh, Padre, ayuda en el nombre de Jesús. The spirit of Baal is alive and well. This one, they all irk me, but this one, demanding that truth and children in the Old Testament, Baal, that false god, the ideology, that social construct, required sacrifice of children, of the innocent. 
that spirit of bear was alive and well. Not just in the womb via the conduit of abortion, but through violence in the streets. And not only through violence in the streets, the spirit of Baal has now infiltrated our schools, infiltrated our public sphere. If, they, if the enemy can't kill our kids in the womb or in the streets, he's trying to kill them via the conduit of ideologies that will bring about the death of God-ordained purpose. God-ordained. We need a church in the name of Jesus that has the audacity to actually raise their voice and, and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit say, hey, get your hands off our children in the name of Jesus. These spirits are alive and well. But let me remind you, I referenced this last year regarding messy miracles. I want to remind you not to drink the Kool-Aid. There is a Hebrew exegetically extrapolated seminary endorsed phrase. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and other terms that are politically incorrect in California, listen carefully. Right now, and I just came from South Africa, I'm seeing it. Let not your heart be troubled because I do believe we're about to see something glorious upon the face of the planet. I don't know you're listening to me, but you will. And for anyone who dares to push back on me and say, you know, you're preaching that positive message that God's about to show off his glory, that there's an awakening coming, there's a revival coming. You shouldn't say that, Samuel Rodriguez. Aren't you aware of the fact that we're living in the last days, son? In the last days, things are going to get dark. Listen, I'm fully cognizant of the last days list. Don't DM me. Don't put it on my Facebook page. I know what it says about the last days. I read the list from the apostle Paul to Timothy. I read the list that Jesus gave in Matthew 25 and John repeated in the book of Revelation. I'm fully aware of in the last day list. I know very well that in the last day, men and women will become lover of themselves. We call that narcissism. I'm aware of the fact that in the last days, men and women will deviate from their natural desires. We call that California. <sighs> I'm aware of that. I'm aware of in the last days. In the last days, false doctrines will infiltrate the church. In the last days, there will be wars and rumors of wars. There will be famine. There will be earthquakes. There will be fires. In the last days, I'm aware of it. But there is likewise a last day promise. Oh, faith assembly, there is a last day promise. It is so big that it appears both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17. And when the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fills Peter and says, Pedrito, abre la boca. And these are the words that came out of Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. In the last days, not I might, not I may, not I hope to, I will pour out my spirit. If you believe that's about to happen in America, shout like you know it. We are about to see Jesus show up through his spirit like we have never seen before. Which means what? The the most powerful spirit is not Jezebel, Ahab, or Baal. The most powerful spirit is the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. There is no, we are to be driven by that spirit. Galatians 5, 16. 
We are to be filled with that spirit, Ephesians 5, 18. We are temple of the Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. We are defined by that spirit, Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That is anointed with that spirit, 1 John 2, 27. We are people of the spirit. So if you say, if you, if you come back and your pushback is, but things are getting darker, things are, are emerging. What about these new social constructs and ideologies and teachings? What about these new things? It doesn't matter. Light will always overcome darkness. But what about, what about what? What about what? For every Pharaoh that rises up, there must be a Moses. For every Goliath, there must be a David. For every Jezebel, there must be an Elijah. For every Nebuchadnezzar, there must be a Daniel. For every Herod, there must be a Jesus. And for every devil that rises up against you, there is a mightier God that will rise up for you. It is the mantle of the Spirit. Repeat after me, the mantle of the Spirit. It is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. See, with that mantle, the prophet Elijah that, that powerful mantle, spiritual authority to confront the melees and the chaos of his day and age. We have an anointing. We have the mantle of the spirit. And it is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. With that mantle, the prophet Elijah went through the drought, prayed down fire, and then said, here comes the rain. I love that. And that's the pecking order, by the way. That's the chronological order of 1 Kings 17 and 18. Somebody say drought, fire, and rain. I don't want to be presumptuous here. I want to ask. I don't want to assume anything. If you've been through at least one drought in your life, spiritually speaking, relationally, financially, where things weren't growing, things were dry, at least one big moment in your life, a drought moment, a dry moment, a dry season, raise one hand. If you've been through a couple of droughts in your life, raise both hands. Oh, snap. If you've been through, so, be honest, if you've been through so many droughts in your life, you've lost count. Raise both hands and a foot. If you've been through so many droughts, and if I Google the word drought, automatically the algorithm will take me to your Instagram account. <laughs> we all go through droughts, but the chronological order of 1 Kings 17 and 18 is drought, fire, and rain. And there are people that want to go from the drought to the rain without going through the fire. Oh, the fire season. The fire season is not what you think. Growing up in a Pentecostal church, Assembly of God church, beautiful, but man, in a Spanish church, we would sing, manda fuego, señor, manda fuego, señor, y no con tu calor. You have no idea. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but so you have no idea what you're asking for because I grew up thinking the fire of God, oh, you know, Lord, send your fire, Lord, send. And the fire of God makes you dance. No, no, the fire of God doesn't make you dance. It makes you get on your knees in repentance. The, the fire of God is a fire of renewal and sanctification and purification. I'm gonna be honest, the fire of God doesn't make you comfortable, it makes you uncomfortable. It's when the Spirit of God shows up and says, I have great plans for you, but in order to accomplish these plans, I'm gonna have to remove stuff from inside of you. I I'm even, I may even have to remove people from around you in order to accomplish. So it's, it's Matthew 3.11. You should be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with. 
He is a consuming fire. So if you've been through the season, if you've been through your drought, and you've been through your fire, then if I were you, I'd put a smile on your face because the next thing coming your way is nothing less than abundant rain. If you believe it, shout, here comes the rain. Here comes upon you and your family and your children and your children's children. Get ready. There is rain coming that will bring an end to your drought. And those that prayed with you in the drought deserve to dance with you in the rain. Are there any questions? It is. It is the mantle of drought, fire, and rain. It is the mantle of speaking truth with love. What does that mean? It's, it's truth with love. I, 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 need, I wish I could illustrate. This is a Netflix series. This is, this is, it's beautiful. This is, it really is a movie. Elijah comes around with the mantle and says, enough is enough. He has it. I'm tired of this. He confronts God's people on Mount Carmel, Ahab has his dream team. The prophet is here. The people are here. And he has this moment where he looks out and says, y'all need to make up your mind. Which God will you serve? First Kings 18, 21. Make up your mind. Who are you going to serve now? Which is it? Will you serve the God of whom? Or will you serve the God of our fathers? And the Bible says, God's people, God's children said nothing. They were completely silent. First Kings 18, 21. So they were politically correct. They didn't want to choose sides. They refused to post in order not to alienate certain followers. So they would rather sacrifice truth in order not to, I'm going to get in trouble, maybe not get invited again. But I've reached a season in my life where I've just, ya no me importa para hacerle claro lo que pasa en la vida porque tengo que hacerle claro. Let me lay out the rubric one more time. One more time for you. Write it down if you have a chance. If you haven't written it down, write it down. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Write that down. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Today's, la complacencia de hoy es la cautividad de mañana. Number two, you are what you tolerate. There are things in your family, in your home, in your mind, in your relationship, in your generation, in your community, in our nation that we have the power to rebuke, but rather that we have tolerated it. You are what you tolerate. Number three, truth must never be sacrificed on the altar of political or cultural expediency. That's the reality right there. That right there embodies all of that. And, and so it's, the, it's, he say something and they did not. We need, we need with this mantle to speak truth, truth with love. And if, by the way, as, as a church, if all, I'm going to get in trouble. If all we do is preach love. If all we do is preach love. I know you're thinking, but that's the message. Listen, sunshine. If all we do is preach and teach love, we are California hippies. On the other side, if all we do is speak truth, we're mathematicians. But the moment we speak truth in love, truth with love, and truth for love, we change the world of the gospel of Jesus. What truth? The truth that Jesus is the only way. 
John 14, 6. We need to speak truth. Right now, we, we, we are suffering from what is called theological promiscuity. Are there any questions? Theological promiscuity, talking about the, the heretical teachings in the last days, the idea of this universal, universalistic mindset, the teachings emerging primarily in millennial-led churches saying that no matter what you do, no matter who you we, we're all going to heaven. Oh, no, we're not all going to heaven. No, we're not. No, and you can live like hell and still go to heaven. Oh, no, you cannot. We need to rise up with truth and love and tell a generation that's drinking the Kool-Aid. No, 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 that Jesus is the only way. That you will not go to heaven unless you are born again. You must be born again. You must be born again. We need to speak the truth. That only God can make something out of nothing. Genesis 1.1. Only God can make a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43, 19. Only God can restore the damage like it never happened. Luke 22, 51. Only God. Somebody say, only God. I live this out. Let me show you something. Let me put this in context. It's my testimony. Some of you have seen it on television. I've written about it. And, and many secular magazines have covered it extensively. But I had a moment. I had a moment on my Mount Carmel where I could easily have... I've taken just, I could have bowed to Jezebel's threat a few years ago. Let me digress here to give you a store backdrop. By the grace of God, I had the opportunity of, of I've had the opportunity of serving three different presidents. Uh, I, I, if you haven't heard a story, when I was close to 14 years old in the Assembly of God Church in Allentown, Pennsylvania, I had a man who prophesied over me and who called me out by name, Bernie Gallo, his name, Dean Challenge Choir Director in the 80s. I've never met the man before, and he said, there's a Sammy here, and my church, a Latino church, Reverendo Luis Felipe Lugo was my pastor, and he said, the guy says, there's a Sammy in this church, and guys, I've never met the man, this is the 80s, before internet, before cars, um, he said, there's a Sammy, a young Sammy, Sammy, he didn't say, Sammy, and I want to remind you, if you ever want to prophesy in a Hispanic church, all you got to say, there's a word for Jose or Maria, you're always going to land it. Because, I mean, you can't miss. If you want to start in the prophetic, in your Spanish church, there's a word for Jose. So the guy shows up and he goes, Sammy, there's a, and, and Holy Spirit, thou, we're, Holy Spirit, thou are welcome. He stops and he goes, Sammy, the Lord says, Sammy, 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 there's a Sammy here. God has a word for Sammy. And my church being a Latino church, primarily Puerto Rican, really quiet. Um... <laughs> Your response is slightly racist, but true. <sighs> so, so, he, so hey, the church went, Ahí está el muchacho. <laughs> oh, that's traumatic. If that would happen for Generation Z or millennials, they'd be in therapy for 40 years. And so, I, my pastor called me out, Sammy, vente, tira tu. So I come up here, and the guy begins to tell me, oh, the Lord says, this is what the Lord says, you're a boy, now you'll be a man. Because I was 13, 14, but I was like four feet one. I was, I, I, I hit puberty when I was 20. And so, it is what it is. Um, so he gave me the word. He says, you're a boy now, you'll be a man. He laid out the word, right? Everything I'm doing now, everything, I mean everything. And then he wraps up with this. And the Lord says, you will pray for presidents of the United States of America. Verbatim. There was a young lady over there who saw it. That's my wife now of 33 years. 
Which goes to show you, if you're single and God gives somebody else a word, anyway, the different story for another day. So that's how I ended up advising three presidents, because God ordained it. In spite of me, in spite of the world, he ordained it. So it had nothing to do with networks, connections, no. It's ordained it. So I'm, I, I had the privilege of advising President George W. Bush and then President Obama. Uh, for President Obama, I spoke at his inaugural prayer service at St. John's Episcopal Church in 2008. I, my, I had the privilege myself, T.D. Jake, Shalanda Adams, Charles Blake, Rick Warren. But it was the private ceremony. And then fast forward years later, 2016, uh, President Trump gets elected. I'm driving with my wife uh, from a, a, a Puerto Rican restaurant a Puerto Rican restaurant in, in San Francisco where we did eat mofongo criollo. True story, I'm not making that up. Um, and so we were driving down on Route 80 when all of a sudden I get a call and the call says unknown number. I usually ignore that. I do, God knows, because it's marketing, right? Or the IRS. <laughs> and now they're armed. <sighs> so I'm scared. <sighs> so I usually ignore it. Holy Spirit says, pick up the call. So I'm driving to my wife on the 80, going back home, on no number, pick up the call. Boop! We're looking for Reverend Rodriguez. I really thought it was the IRS then when I heard the voice. I said, may I help you? We're calling you from the Senate inaugural committee, the presidential transition team. The president-elect would like you, Reverend, to participate in the inauguration. So I'm, I thought it was, not, I thought it was my cousin from the Bronx or something. I thought, you know how you have cousins? No, you don't, you don't. You don't have that kind of cousin? Oh, excuse me. Is that you, Paco? <laughs> but it wasn't. So, so he goes, he goes, Reverend, the president-elect, so I go, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe. I am honored beyond words. What would you like me to do, sir? The president-elect would like you to participate. And I said, great, I'm honored. What would you like me to do? He says, participate. So I'm looking at my wife here, you know, and I'm going, um, would you like me to pray? Guy goes, yes. <laughs> so I go, would you like me to read scripture? The guy goes, why not? <laughs> the, the pastor in me went, would you like me to raise the offering? <laughs> But I didn't. Thought about it, but I didn't. The guy goes, whatever you feel in your heart to do. And, and I'm going like, whoa. So, so I'm trying to find out if it's a small ceremony or the big one, on the one in front of a billion people around the world. And I go, so like where, what? He goes, you're asking, it's the one on the Capitol steps, the one where it will be approximately one billion people around the world watching and all that. And, and I'm going like, wow. So I just... So he said, all right, Reverend, listen, you have to be sequestered. The Department of Justice has to, and we've been through that vetting process four times. So he went like, you know, you have to go. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. What's your email? And you're going to get a call from the FBI. I get, get all that. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And, and then he goes, all right. So we'll say, I go, wait. He goes, what? And I go, I need some time. He goes, pardon me? I go, sir, I need some time to pray about this. He goes, Sorry. I go, yeah, I, 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 I need to, I, 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 need to um, I need to pray about this. He goes, you, uh, you, you need to pray about this? I go, yes, sir. Awkward silence. How much time do you need? And I'm going, 
with my fingers. Now, my wife Eva is no longer looking at me. Está mirando al otro lado de la ventana. So I go like, three weeks? The guy goes, you need three weeks to pray about this? I go, yes, sir. Awkward silence again. He goes, I guess I'll call you back in three weeks. I go, yes, sir. He goes, thank you. I go, no, thank you. Beep. I look at my wife. I go, Eva, call our, our intercessor pastor, our prayer pastor, Pastor Carla. We need to pray on this. She's not looking at me. I go, honey, look at me, please. This is, did you hear this? She's not looking at me. When a Puerto Rican woman ignores you, <laughs> it's not just the garlic from the mofongo, baby. <laughs> she finally turned around and I go, honey, we got a, can you believe this? She goes, she nodding her head like this. I go, what's wrong? Why aren't you, why were you, I mean, and she goes, what are you doing? I go, praying. She goes, what are you doing? I go, pray. You see, because our church is 40% white, as I mentioned last year, 40% black, 20% Latino and Asian. It looks like heaven. I'm thinking if I do this, I'm going to lose part of my church. I'm going to be honest. I'm thinking budget cuts. Who do I lay off? Probably the youth ministry first. The point is, <laughs> untrue, never. That's the last group we sacrifice. Always the worship team first. The point is, <laughs> just, no, 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 I'm kidding. Just the high maintenance ones. That's not the point. Usually the keyboard player. That's not the point. Never drama, just a sound team. So I'm thinking, who do I lay off? Seriously, I'm going, that's why I did it. And she looks at me and says, really? Said it, boom. She, she looked at me and she went, I was there. And I'm going, here. She goes, I go, what? She goes, I was there. Thinking, you were where? She goes, I was there when you were 14 years old and the man prophesied to you and he said you would pray for the president. You don't need confirmation whether or not it's God's will. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill your mouth and give you the right words for that assignment. So then it happened. It's my Mount Carmel moment. It's my, I have, I have, at that time, we were negotiating with MTV and a couple of other networks for certain production, television programs and so forth. And, and everything was just put on hold. And all of a sudden, people sat down with me, especially one particular person who said, Sammy, please tell me you're not going to do this. Please tell me you're not going to do this. Please tell me you're not going to do it. Sammy, you're, God has given you a blessing, even using God, where you're both on CNN and Fox News. You know, in other words, I like both Chris Rock and Will Smith. I mean, there's so many things that we had, right? So it's like, Sammy, you, you can't do this because if you do, you're going to alienate half the people. The Lamb's Agenda book, you know, all of that. And I said, but God told me since I was a kid I was going to do this. And then, and then it happened. She looked at me and said, famous reporter, famous magazine. She said, Sammy, please tell me when you do it, you're not going to mention the name. Put the inauguration picture up, please. If you have the inauguration picture. That's... Before I got up there, Obamas are here, Trumps are here, the Bidens are to my right. If you have the white picture, I don't know if you have it. There it is. There are the Bidens. There are the Clintons. I was seated and hiding behind the bushes. I, I really was. Behind George W. Bush, I was hiding behind the bushes. 
It's a true story. You can YouTube it. It's, it's, so I'm hiding behind the bushes. I'm about to go up. And my daughter, Lauren, youngest daughter, sends me a text. She has never disrespected me before, ever. I'm about to go up. I'm already under these threats. If you do it, you're going to lose this. You're going to lose that. All the, the, the struggle, right? So I'm there. And all of a sudden, I get a text from my daughter. And the text reads this. Dad, I'm about to go up now. Dad, shut your mouth. Automatically, as a pastor and a preacher, what do you think? Spiritual warfare. You know, you, you hear the preaching, right before your greatest breakthrough, the devil shows up right before your breakthrough. So I'm thinking, this is spiritual warfare through my family, the closest people around you. So I text her back. I'm about to go up and I go, pardon me? And she answers back, Dad, you're on Fox News and your mouth is completely open right now. We're watching you, the cameras. It seems I was dozing off and the back of my mouth was open. So my daughter was actually helping me out. <laughs> Sam, don't do it. Sam, don't mention the name. What do you mean? For 11 years, the name was not mentioned there. For 11 years, this would be year number 12. The, the name was not mentioned. With full intentionality, there was an unwritten rule that we had to stop mentioning the name. I asked the lady, but why? She went, no, if you mention the name, you're only speaking to a part, to a segment of the American electorate, and you're alienating everyone else who doesn't believe in the name. Sam, please, so help me, don't mention the name. If you mention the name, you're going to alienate more people. All the doors are going to close. On the other side, I was told, literally, Sam, if you don't mention the name and just say hope, love, worst case scenario, God, doors are going to open up. Massive doors. It was the Jezebelian threat. I had a moment. For 12 years, it wasn't mentioned. 12 years. It was the first, this is all God. It was the first time someone of my tribe, some, a Puerto Rican ever had that opportunity. The first time someone who has a prayer language, that's cold word for speaking in tongues. Uh, uh, the first time a Starbucks addict, so many first time there, people going there. So it was my assignment, I'm trembling. And then the Cardinal from New York went up, didn't mention the name, 12 years, I go up. I looked at the cameras and all around me, just a moment, everything I went through in life, my entire journey, I read Matthew 5, I read it, I declared it, I prayed it, it just, boom. I looked around the presidents, Congress, Supreme Court, the people and over a billion people around the world, streaming on platforms live, including secular nations, Muslim nations, live. So I look at the cameras and I'm about, I finished Matthew 5, I'm about to leave, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit. Sammy, do it. Samuel, do it. Have you ever had a moment where the Holy Spirit told you to do it? Samuel, do it. In spite of my flesh, in spite of my weakness, in spite of my nervousness, in spite of the threats, he said, go ahead, do it. Do it. Watch me. 
just do it do it I'm thinking oh I'm gonna get drama here I'm gonna get protesters I'm gonna get people in front of my house I'm gonna get I'm gonna get banned off social media I'm gonna all these doors are gonna close contracts are gonna be gone they're not gonna invite me anymore here there there Holy Spirit said do it do it do it do it so the mantle is on me the Holy Spirit hit me every vestige of nervousness went away and all of a sudden I looked at the cameras looked at everybody around me and said yes and I make this prayerful declaration in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ I want you to YouTube it the president said Amen. The members of Congress said, Amen. The crowd exploded and said, Amen. My friends around the world said, Sammy, Sammy, we heard you on the BBC. We heard you on this network. You said Jesus. You said Jesus. There were nations that for the first time heard the name of Jesus. Why did people respond like that? Believe it or not, faith, there is still power in the name of Jesus. I said there is power in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. There is generational reality of blessing in the name of Jesus. No other name given unto man through by which salvation has come unto all mankind but the name of Jesus. Somebody shout unto God if that is the name above every other name. Every knee shall bow. Lift up your hands right there where you're at. That was my moment. Right there. The mantle of the spirit in the face of Jezebelian threats. Say the name. Say the name. Say the name. For the sake of our children and our children's children. Say the name. I speak Jesus over your family. I speak Jesus over your children and your children's children. I, I sense an anointing. I speak Jesus over your health, over your mind, over your spirit. I speak Jesus over this generation. With your hands raised, we're done. With your hands raised. Oh, I sense the glory. That was, that was my Mount Carmel moment. Everything I've been through. So she said, do it. There's a mantle on, do it. You have more than an experience, Samuel. You have a mantle, a calling, a purpose. Do it. My grace is sufficient for you, Samuel. Abre la boca y declara el nombre, decláralo, decláralo, decláralo.
I speak that name over my grandkids now. I lay hands on them, say, in the name of Jesus. You will do greater things. You will do greater things. You will shine with the glory of Jesus to your generation. You are the head and not the tail. You are the righteousness of God, the apple of God's eye. You will do greater things. Say the name. Faith Assembly, get ready. We're about to see the glory of Jesus in America like we have never seen before. We are about to see the glory of Jesus in millennials, generation Z, generation Alpha. They will be the greatest generations in world history shining with the glory in the name of Christ do everything in the name of Jesus Colossians 3 17 everything for the glory of Christ 1 Corinthians 10 31 stand with me you are standing look up here for a second I'm gonna pass the baton over to pastor watch this watch this you would assume that after he had his big day, that threat from Jezebel wouldn't move you, man. I mean, come on, you prayed for drought, fire, and rain, and God answered, and she threatens you. All you have to, it's just logical continuity. Every time I pray, God answers. Oh, Jezebel threatened me. You would assume Elijah would go like, right? Because I, just prayed for fire, rained him. All I gotta do is pray. And you'd assume, but no, no. The moment, read it, 1 Kings 19, 2. The Roman, he, he hears a threat, you know what he does? No joke, do your biblical due diligence. He leaves everything. Deuces, we're out. He abandons ministry and calling. He suffers from fear, anxiety, and depression. He ends up under a solitary broom tree where God has to feed him through divine intervention. He then ends up on a cliffside, hiding. We're literally verbatim reading. God says, Elijah, what are you doing here? By the way, when God asks what you're doing there, you're probably lost. <laughs> what are you doing here? Why did Elijah do that? Watch this. Because the battle is between your mind and your mantle. Our biggest battle is between the mind and the mantle. Our biggest battle is between the thoughts that run through our head and the calling of God upon our lives. Our biggest battle is between memories and imagination. You get that tomorrow morning. Our biggest battle is between anxiety and anointing, fear and faith, drama and destiny. Our past and our future, our now and our next. But how many here know? Not how many hope, aspire, think or feel. How many know that on the cross, the battle has already been won? Oh, I don't know. Somebody should pray that the battle has already been won. I said, somebody shout like the battle has already been won. Somebody worship. There's a breakthrough over your mind for you to flow fully with the fullness of your mantle. All right, that's it. We're done. Time's up. Are there any questions? 24 hours, you will die. 24 hours. 24 hours came. Elijah did not die. 
48 hours, Elijah did not die. Watch this. A week passed, Elijah did not die. What if I tell you a month passed? He did not die. What if I tell you a year passed? Stop. He did not. What if I tell you a decade passed? Stop for a second. What if I tell you a hundred years passed? Did not die. What if I tell you a thousand years passed? What you talking about, Willis? A thousand years passed. Did not die. What if I tell you it's been approximately 2,800 years since Jezebel prophesied? And guess who has yet to die? I can prove it. 2 Kings chapter 2 verse 11. Elijah and Elisha are walking together when a chariot of fire divides them. And a whirlwind takes him up. The Bible says he never dies. The next time we see Elijah, we see him on the Mount of Transfiguration taking a selfie with Jesus. Matthew 17, 2. Hey, Jezebel, take a look at me now. He never died. What does that mean for you? Raise your right hand. Whatever hell has declared upon you, your family, your health, your future, the opposite will take place. Oh, you missed it. I said what I sense the Lord. Whatever hell has declared upon you, the opposite will take place. Somebody should break out of the praise right about now. Whatever hell declared upon your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children, the opposite will take place. Somebody shout like you know that the opposite. Now raise both hands. Let me pray over you. Because when heaven starts, that hell cannot stop it. Because Philippians 1, 6, he is faithful to finish the good work he has started. Because 1 Thessalonians 5, 24, he who called you is faithful to do it. Because of Hebrews 10, 23, rest in the certainty that he is faithful to keep his promise. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, he is faithful to protect you from all evil. Oh man, raise both hands. He's going to die in 24 hours. The man has yet to die. The man has yet to die. Your children are going to be drug addicts forever. That, that, it's the opposite. Y'all need to get ready. You're going to see your sons and daughters come back home like that. You're going to see something amazing. The opposite will take place. The opposite will take place. Ameri America's going to go to hell in a handbasket. This is the last generation of Christians. Oh, no. We're about to see a generation rise up with the spirit of Elijah that will flip the script in America. Somebody shout, the opposite will take place. Raise both hands. Some of you are not even supposed to be here right now. You know that Jezebel said you were going to be, some of you should be in jail right now. Some of you should be in an alley getting high. Some of you should be in a bar getting drunk. Some of you should be, in dip, some of you should be six feet under. But here you are. It is October, the year of our Lord, 2022. You're not in jail. You're not in an alley. You're not in a bar. And you're not six feet under. You are in Faith Assembly Orlando lifting up the name of Jesus. Because when heaven starts it, hell cannot stop it. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. 
Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.